Hello, and welcome to Tennis Stories. I'm your host, Anisha Boston-Hill, head of NJTL Strategic Partnerships and Events at USTA Eastern. So everyone has a tennis story. And on this podcast, we're interviewing some interesting folks to hear what it is about this sport that takes us from enjoying it as a hobby to an all-out obsession. My guest today is Lisa Pugliese-Lacroix, who is the founder of Love Serving Autism, an organization that delivers tennis to people with autism. Lisa, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really happy to be here today. We're, we're so happy to share your story. And so let's start with your personal journey. When was the first time you picked up a racket? I was raised in Memphis, Tennessee and started tennis when I was about five years old. Uh, taught, um, actually the tennis pro who taught me uh, was at the Racket Club of Memphis. And so I was exposed to the sport at a very young age. Oh, that's fantastic. How old were you, Lisa? Well, I, I was about, I'd say five or six years old. Um, and my mom introduced me to the sport because uh, she had signed up for a private lesson and wasn't available that day and said, well, my daughter's available. And and so uh, that was my introduction. Oh, wow. And that seems to be kind of the age, right? That's how mm-hmm. most people really, you know, fall in love with tennis. Definitely. Definitely. What inspired you to go from, you know, playing um, to getting involved with adaptive tennis? Well, um, tennis obviously was a big part of my life growing up and played in Florida junior tennis and in college and a little on the tour and um, took a break. Uh, I had a little bit of a back injury and I decided to uh, teach a little bit of tennis part time and I ended up applying to graduate school and I quickly learned how much I like to help others. And um, I love the field of speech language pathology. So I became a speech therapist and this was about 19 years ago. And interestingly, I stepped out of the tennis world for quite a while and became an SLP and worked in the classrooms and uh, really was reconnected to tennis through volunteering with another nonprofit organization and learning about teaching children with autism tennis. And I thought, wow, you know, I would love, I would love to get back into tennis for this purpose. So it really wasn't anything on my radar when I was younger of teaching adaptive tennis, but I definitely think it fits my personality. And I was drawn to it because it's all about helping others through the sport. That's fantastic. You know, when it comes to adaptive, the world of the adaptive, you know, I always say that being an educator is one thing. Working with people with special needs or in, in the adaptive world, it just really increases your heart. And when I think of love, love serving tennis, that's exactly what I think about. You know, someone with a big heart giving back to this community. And so when did you realize or have your aha moment that you wanted to start this company, Love Serving Autism? In 2016, I definitely had my aha moment of connecting the speech therapy or the clinical clinical world with tennis and adaptive tennis, actually. Um, so I'd have to say I did not know anything about starting a 501c3 nonprofit organization. I definitely knew that I had a passion to do it and I was super interested in doing it. Thankfully, there were directors of other organizations and friends who guided me along the way. And so I did apply on my own 
for the name Love Serving Autism in uh, July 2016. And from that point, I formed a board of directors who were friends or parents of children I taught speech therapy to. So it was really just uh, one step at a time. So um, I think that uh, definitely it was a big moment in my life. And I called my parents and I said, I'm starting a nonprofit. <laughs> And uh, my dad's a businessman. And, you know, when he said, wow, well, you know, you, you are a speech therapist. I said, I know that, but I do have a passion for adaptive tennis as well. So that's really where the journey began. I mean, my parents always believed in me, but I don't I don't think until now they realize the um, the enormity of it and how many how many children and adults uh, can be served through the sport and that it, it is it is uh, a business opportunity as well. That's great. And speaking of business, what services do you provide? Through Love Serving Autism? Yes. Okay. So currently, uh, due to grant funding here in Palm Beach County, Florida, so I, I do live in Boynton Beach, uh, we are working with therapists, speech therapists, occupational therapists, physical therapists, and behavioral therapists on court. So they're integrating therapies and working with uh, the children and adults on focusing on communication skills, motor coordination skills, life skills, and behavior uh, with the, the goal in mind of what they're learning on the tennis court can transition off court into their daily life. So um, I say we're now in year six of the organization and we are now beginning to work with therapists, multidisciplinary approach where therapists are coming on court for the first time. Started that in 2022 and um, our mission is to expand that model throughout our locations through Florida and out of state, even into your section, USC Eastern, uh, partnering with local universities in the area, identifying, you know, graduate students or students who are in the field of special needs who can um, help us on court with our programming. That's fantastic. And so your motto is serving autism on and off the tennis court. Yeah. How did you, you know, come up with that concept? Uh, because... Well, because I'm a speech therapist, I thought, you know, it's important, obviously, what we teach on court, but it's also important. I think parents' biggest concern is once their children grow up and become adults, what's next, right? And so how will they become functionally independent and will they be able to take care of themselves and, and live independently? So we are teaching tennis and pickleball, by the way, <laughs> we're starting to grow into that as well. But with the bigger purpose in mind of this is a therapy. So the tennis court is a therapy session and we're working on all of these skills to better the lives of these individuals so that they can live independent lives. And I think that's what parents are really happy about is that, you know, they are learning how to hit a forehand volley, but at the same time, they're learning to initiate communication with their coach and request and ask for help if they need it or advocate for themselves. And that's something that it's a bit non-traditional, this form of therapy, but it's something I think is really important. And parents are really uh, looking for these types of opportunities for their children and adults now to, to improve upon these skills. Fantastic. And Starting a business really just takes encompasses your whole life. It just kind of takes over your entire life. You go from this idea that you have to putting filing the paperwork, and now you need to push forward. And so, what is the impact? What has the impact been on your personal life since you started doing this work? 
Well, that's a great question. And you can probably ask my husband. <laughs> no, he's, he's watched Love Serving Autism grow from day one. Um, my husband, by the way, is very supportive. He, he is a USPTA and PTR teaching pro in South Florida. Um, he is a master pro. He's fantastic. He understands tennis. But, you know, he and I talk a lot, of bit, a lot about balance and, you know, it is 24-7 organizing and running programs. And when you, you're the leader of a nonprofit organization or any business, um, but as, as we continue to grow and expand, I am learning uh, to delegate better. We have a new board of directors now with eight new board members who started in February 2023. And we are getting more support, which is fantastic. So I think for me, it is a balance of um, focusing on on the nonprofit when when it's time, and then learning to turn it off a little bit, and uh, enjoy my family and and my wonderful dog, and you know, and play some tennis. And um, I, I love the organization so much that to me, it's not really work, but I do know that um, it's a balance. So it's something that I am still learning about and working on in my in my life. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. And so this episode is being released during Autism Acceptance Month. And one of the goals of this podcast is to interview people from the communities we're celebrating during these DE&I Celebration Month. What's, what's your passion and purpose um, when it comes to just serving autism? Another great question. Um, well, first of all, I'd like to thank you, STA Eastern, um, David Williams and, and uh, Neil, and, and just so many of you are just so incredible. Um, and your section really advocates for diversity and inclusion in the industry. And um, I really hope that other sections follow. You know, I'm also from UST Florida section, and they do a great job with um, embracing neurodiversity. I like that word because even though our motto is serving autism on and off the tennis court, we do have participants who are not autistic. You know, maybe they have a learning disability or maybe they have a physical impairment. Uh, maybe they're, um, they, you know, they're wheelchair athletes. So we, 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 it is a mix of what, what you see on court. Um, I think that it's super important. Um, Autism Acceptance Month is every April. And this is a big month. I'm wearing blue. That's the color and my nails. <laughs> it is a color uh, of the, it's a theme of, of the month. And Autism Acceptance Month to me really is all about accepting, accepting children and adults and individuals and people in society who are different. Maybe they're wired differently. They learn differently. Um, I think we need to, as coaches, teach the way that they learn. Um, I think that autism has been great from my perspective as a teaching pro as well, because it teaches you how to differentiate your instruction. So, you know, it is true when they say you teach one child with autism, it's one child with autism, it's every child's different and unique. Uh, I hear a lot of from coaches about how they're learning how to work with all the athletes on court, which is great. So um, there's just, it's a big topic, what you just mentioned. And I think autism acceptance month is really about embracing and celebrating individuals who are unique and different. And it's not about labeling. It's not about, oh, we have to fix them. Um, it's really about identifying their strengths and, and, and helping them reach their potential. Absolutely. And so tell us why tennis is a great option for people with autism. Tennis is, is a fantastic sport. Uh, parents are often surprised. Um, I had a mom call me today. Their, her, her son's four years old. 
And she said, we have a tennis court in our house, in our neighborhood here in South Florida. And my, and my, my son has like an obsession. He walks by it and wants to learn how to play. So she said, I know he's a little young, but can he, can he start love serving autism? And, and I said, of course, because, you know, it's early intervention. It's great to get them out there. The reasons for tennis is so great is it's repetitive. It helps with their motor coordination. Uh, it's visual sport. So, um, there's a lot of engagement going on. It's a social activity. And, um, you know, some of our some of our participants do progress to a very high level where they're in tournaments. So they may start at the beginner level of red ball and they're learning the basics and they advance all the way through red, orange, green to yellow. And they're playing an inclusive you know, tournaments. And it's exciting to see that there is a pathway now and there's a progression and there are opportunities for them to for a child or an adult, say they're on the spectrum to advance through tennis. And I think coaches now are becoming more trained in it through USPTA and PTR. Uh, there are more opportunities for coaches to learn. So these participants are succeeding more um, in the sport than, than they were maybe previously. So there are more opportunities for them to learn to play. And it's so interesting because um, I had the pleasure of meeting you and taking one of your workshops at the NTC last year for the Adaptive Championships and seeing you pull out, you know, the one coveted item I think you have <laughs> is your, your poster, right? It has all the, your curriculum yeah. out there and how, and how to teach everyone um, to work with, you know, children with autism. Um, how did you, you know, go, what went into you developing that curriculum and how did you decide like this is your secret sauce and yes. factor. So I know you're referring to the banner um, with visuals, right? And being a speech therapist, um, teachers and speech therapists use a lot of visuals in schools because that's um, how a child learns fastest is through visual cues versus auditory cues. So Basically, the banner has a visual schedule on it. So it's the order of activities. So myself and some speech therapists put it together and we printed them. And then we um, now you can hang them at the programs, the banner. So um, if a child comes to class for the first time, the coach can point to all the picture symbols and say, OK, this is the order of what we're doing in tennis today. And they start to memorize it. Um, it also has a communication board on it to where if a child is minimally verbal or nonverbal, um, they can point to the big different picture symbols of saying, you know, I want a water break or I, I'm all done. And they can answer yes, no questions. So again, it's all about engaging them um, for their expressive language so that they can learn to communicate better. Um, so it's really a therapeutic tool. And um, again, it hasn't been really used a whole lot in sports. I've, I've noticed that we're, it's somewhat innovative. Coaches are really interested in it, even for children who are neurotypical. Um, we have had requests to order the banner for, for the coaches as well who don't even teach adaptive tennis because they think visuals are important really for everyone learning the sport. Um, so I think, you know, we, we started our first banner, I believe in um, 2020 was the first time that we, we printed it and brought it to some programs. And ever since then, uh, it's been a great tool. And when the therapists come out, like an occupational, physical, or speech therapist, they can use the banner to help the engage the participants during class. That's great. And so you mentioned the word neurodiverse, mm -hmm. um, and that's not something you hear all the time. But I understand there's some new statistics out from the CDC. Can you share some of those highlights? 
Yes. I, I was attending, now that it's Autism Acceptance Month, we have a lot of events in April. And on Saturday, um, I was attending an event um, hosted by the Broward County Sheriff's Department. And it was a family resource event, fair event for families who are raising children with autism. And I was reading, um, I just parked my car and I received a text message from another organization. And it said that the CDC uh, in March 2023 reported a new the new statistics of autism is one in 36 children in the U.S. ages eight and older are diagnosed. Um, and that was based on 2020 data. And they do say that there are impacts from the pandemic on the social skills of children who um, you know, may have shown signs of autism early on, but they didn't really have the exposure um, to play and communicate with peers during the pandemic. So now there are even more children on the spectrum due to the delays they experienced during COVID. And um, so again, that's somewhat one of the reasons why we've seen an increase in our programming and the request for our program, because parents are, are super interested in these types of opportunities um, for their child. And that's a, that's a large number, one in 36. Right children like that's 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 really impactful and so that information is something you can now go take back really you know continue to grow your curriculum and it really helps feed you know not only funding but also um, additional services um, for the world of autism and so I would ask you you know first based on your first hearing experience of when tennis really impacts someone with autism um, and how it really helps them have a better life. Well, I'll give you a, a few stories. Uh, I'll share a few stories. One is, uh, for instance, the U.S. Open and um, the on-court experience at the U.S. Open has been such a wonderful opportunity for our families. And just knowing that, first of all, that children are invited or adults are invited with, with special needs to the U.S. Open or the Miami Open. I'll tell you about that in a minute, too or the Delray Beach Open. Uh, I think the ATP and WTA tournaments are being much more inclusive and in inviting families to participate in these events now. Um, so some of the stories, uh, for instance, one, one mom reported that her daughter enjoyed the US Open event in 2022 so much that now she's requesting tennis. She's 18 years old and she lives in New York City and she's on the spectrum. and. Her parents, how can we help you, Lisa, start a program? What can we do? You know, our daughter needs exercise. She needs recreation. She needs socialization. She's 18 years old. And just that one on-court experience at the U.S. Open really impacted her life and her family's life. And so um, to other people, they may take it for granted. You know, it's another day of playing tennis. But when you're a parent and you're raising a child with special needs, uh, feeling included and invited to such a big event uh, really can change their life. Uh, we also participated in the Miami Open a few days ago on Friday, March 31st. Uh, we partnered with the Big Charter School in Miami and we had 26 children uh, with autism come out um, onto the courts. And again, um, they played tennis for an hour at the Miami Open and then they stayed after and had lunch and, you know, hopped on their school bus and went back. And it was just it was just fantastic um, experience for, for everyone. Now you have, I'm sure you have plans to grow Love Serving Autism. Um, and based on the one in 36 statistics, um, that really shows the impact of how prevalent autism is in children right. overall. Um, what do you think is your, how do you 
um, impact children and families? Like what really pulls at your curriculum, your heartstrings, and um, on and off the court? I think the communication, the socialization, teaching children how to speak, uh, I think that is a top priority. Obviously, on the spectrum, there's a wide range of individuals who are verbal and non-speaking or non-verbal. But for the children who are non-verbal and they come to tennis and they're pointing for the first time or they're using visuals or they're bringing their communication device and expressing themselves um, or they're speaking for the first time or you have someone who may be higher, maybe higher level of autism or higher functioning who, you know, now they're learning to initiate communication and having conversational exchanges, um, you know, or they're learning um, how to interact with peers for the first time. I hear a lot of parents uh, excited about this, even more so than the motor coordination piece, because I know it's it's important, obviously, to teach balance and control and coordinating our bodies. But just the fact that their self-esteem and um, learning that you know they can interact with peers and and um, engage with peers, and now they made new friends who accept them for him for them, and it's like a safe place where parents bring their child children. They're not judged. They're unconditionally loved. Parents support each other. They become friends. They don't feel isolated in the community. And the children are now making new friends and requesting, you know, I want to see my friend again on Saturday. And I think that um, the socialization and communication piece and expressive language, especially me being a speech therapist, I think that's super important. Um, I know there is some depression and anxiety, especially for young adults on the spectrum and they are not always able to communicate and verbalize how they're feeling. So again, coming to tennis class and giving them a safe place to communicate and to interact with peers who are like-minded and neurodivergent um, helps them understand that they're not alone and, and that um, they can play the sport and, and they're just as important as everyone else, regardless if they're diagnosed or not. Um, so I think that this is probably one of the top, um, the top areas of impact, I'd have to say for the programming and parents actually would love serving autism select goals and they, they often pick communication skills as, as one of the top goals they want their child they want their child to make friends they want to know that they're they're not alone and um and as therapists we focus on the clinical side so it's not just a child going to tennis it's how can we get them to communicate and follow instruction and express themselves on the court so um I, I'm sure parents can tell you a lot more stories than I have today of, of what goes on in the home after tennis, but parents also report that their children are more regulated. Um, you know, sometimes they have a tough time regulating their emotions, uh, but after tennis classes, you know, they come home, they're calmer, they're more relaxed, they're happier. Um, again, I know you, you asked me about the benefits of ten adaptive tennis and it's kinesthetic too. So when they hit the ball, I really think that it helps calm their central nervous system and it's like it's like a sport for all of us. It's very therapeutic. So um, I do believe that there are so many benefits to the sport. Um, yeah. So I think the impact is 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 great. And uh, we're just beginning to see what what um, this sport is capable, I guess, of teaching these participants. I know I was in Arizona at the UST annual meeting and they did highlight adaptive tennis. Um, there is a blind and visually impaired programming now. There are programs for um, wounded warriors, uh, obviously programs for intellectual and developmental disabilities. 
the USDA is doing a great job embracing these programs and making an impact and making sure that they're becoming a priority now. And I have seen I have seen many more doors open, which is fantastic with the USDA Foundation, uh, with USDA Eastern, USDA Florida, a lot of these leading leading sections kind of paving the way so that if you are neurodivergent, you do have opportunities to play. And I think that's what our big goal should be in tennis. Everyone can play. It's really for everyone. And now if you're a parent out there listening or a coach that's not um, familiar with the curriculum, what is a day in a life like for, you know, the player and the coach on and off the court? Well, um, we do offer different, as far as love serving autism, we do offer different types of programming. Some, some are during PE classes. So some children are now learning tennis during PE, which is, which is awesome. I think, uh, we do have some after school programming. So a child would go to school all day. Some of these are specialized charter schools for special needs or children with autism. They walk outside, their coach is waiting. We set up all the portable equipment and they're ready to play meet, you know, the therapists come out. Um, another model is on a weekend, say it's a Saturday, the public tennis center, parents will drive their child to the courts or the caregivers will drive their child and they'll play for an hour and meet their friends. Um, in a lot of situations, you know, there's sometimes a little bit of challenges with transition, maybe from the car to the tennis court on day one. Uh, we do have a social story, which is on our website on love serving autism. And it basically helps a child listen. It's like a little book and it explains to the child what to expect on their first day of playing or even for adults, you know, what is, what is expected? First you meet your coach, then you meet your friends, you know, and this is what my first day will, will look like. Uh, a challenge with autism, I'd have to say is, you know, they do typically the children and adults don't like change. They like the same routine, the same patterns, the same coach, the same day, the same time. And, and I think tennis also teaches flexibility. If it rains one day, you know, we're in South Florida, we can't control the weather. So they have to learn it. You know, we're not playing tennis today. We're going to pick a new activity to learn to become a little more flexible with their routine and their schedule. Um, but tennis does provide that weekly structure and that stability so that they know, well, it is on my schedule and, and they, they look forward to attending it. And how can people get involved and learn the Love Serving Autism mission? Well, our website is uh, www.loveservingautism.org. And we um, list all of our programs on program information. We also uh, are planning our second annual Match Point Gala, which will be in Boca Raton, Florida in November, which is our annual fundraiser. And it's, a, it's an exciting campaign. And um, we are um, nominating individuals and businesses. Uh, we're calling them legacy ambassadors. So they're helping us fundraise this year. Uh, so if you're a coach or if you are a facility or a school and you're interested in love serving autism, you're welcome to also reach out to me. Um, I'm Lisa. So Lisa at loveservingautism.org. Uh, some coaches sometimes reach out. They just want a little bit of guidance on inclusive programming, you know, how to teach a child with autism in their after-school program. Some coaches are interested in training. We are, we are working on a certification course for coaches currently. Um, so we do hope to complete that by April. And so coaches can become more familiar with, with teaching adaptive tennis and, and what it looks like. Um, UST National also, I'm on the um, National Adaptive Committee and we did write curriculum for intro to adaptive tennis. So that is also available for safe play coaches. 
Safe Play certified coaches. So uh, more curriculum is becoming available um, and, and that's exciting. And I think that uh, parents can obviously go to our website as well or reach out to me if they're um, interested in, in learning more about our program. Lisa, on behalf of USTA Eastern, I'd like to thank you for sharing your tennis story with us. Thank you for inviting me. And again, it's an honor. I, I consider USTA Eastern a family. Uh, and um, I know I live in South Florida, but I'm always here to support your section. And uh, I appreciate you inviting me for this opportunity. We thank you. Tune in next time to hear our tennis story where we're talking with Janet Leifowitz founder of Hero Tennis. Thank you for tuning in.